Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Honestly Speaking podcast. Fob, Ed, and Jim are back at it. We talk about Biden's sexual allegations from Tara Reid, Biden's potential VP pick, and then Biden's just general track record with the Black community, and also how education ties into everything. So listen up and enjoy. All right, fellas, we're back another week. Let's jump into some some real shit. I, I know, like we all know that Jim hates Biden, and Ed and I <laughs> thought he was the worst candidate. I think we're all in the side of, and, and we're in different. Hate is a strong word, Bob. <laughs> you you it, you're pretty close. I would yeah, say you you have, you have strong feelings. I think I Ed and I early on said he was an atrocious candidate. We we haven't gone as right. far as you in this, but. And we were, I mean, he ran maybe the worst campaign in my adult or even young adult life that I've seen. Oh, no. um, so so let's, we'll start there. <laughs> uh, he's, he's an atrocious candidate. We all get it, or at least the three of us get it. Listeners might feel yeah. differently. But, um, you know, at this point, or in the past, like, month or so, there's been allegations in a former intern. She was a... Yeah. She worked in his office. She was like a congressional staffer. Her name is Tara Reid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's allegations going back and forth, whether he did it, did he know her? I mean, quite frankly, it doesn't look very good for Joe that he constantly says like, the NAACP endorsed me. Well, I know, him. I know. He said a lot of things. Like, yep. So he definitely he said he marched books, with Gandhi. <laughs> yeah. He said he was marching with Gandhi in, in South Africa. <laughs> And like no. whether he did, he he sexually assaulted her or did whatever. It, it doesn't look good that he did something. I think we're probably all in the camp of, yes, he hasn't gone to court. Yes, we don't know for sure, but I think yeah. probably leaning towards something not upstanding occurred uh, at a bare minimum. So it's you know there's there's people on one side of this that say he needs to drop out. Uh, this this alone is disqualifying. Uh, so let's mm. let's start there on on that yeah. premise. Well, I mean, look for me as a young black man in this country. It's kind of interesting because on one hand, I know that Biden, like a figure like Biden, like white male Christian, is literally at the pinnacle of power when it comes to America. So he's going to get all the benefit of the doubt. The system is going to work for him. So I don't think Biden need need to defend him on that end. Um, but I will say this. I am, I have an inclination to due process. Obviously I'm biased because who's more likely to be falsely accused? Me. Um, and because of that, and who's more likely to be sexually assaulted? A black woman, a poor black woman at that. So because of that, I'm in this weird position where I always want due process, regardless of whom. But also again, on the flip side of that, I understand Biden um, with, being the person that he is, he would have all the power to get away with certain things and to do certain things. Um, and as a man who's been in office for that long, you know, uh, I can't say he has and he hasn't, as you've mentioned, probably there's a lot of things we don't know. I do see him as a very kind of touchy kind of person. And in some, some, some part of that, I, 
I thought was a good thing. He's a personable kind of guy, it seems to me in some ways. Um, but also, I'm not a woman, you know. I, I don't feel as threatened, perhaps, by the way he touched women or talked to women. I don't know. So um, that's my brief take on it. Ed, what do right. you think? Yeah, I, you know, he was already established as a, like Jim said, a sort of a touchy-feely, creepy, unwanted contact type of dude, right? Whether that just be you massaging the woman's shoulders and, you know, she didn't ask for it. And it's, it's just like that whole thing of just touching, right? But this, the whole like, but this is sort of a different thing, right? This is This is in the same context of that, but like, culminating in an extreme, you know, with the, you know, with her testimony and stuff. I don't know how all claims need to be taken seriously, but I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm in the, the, the camp with Jim in terms of due process. Like, here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm of two minds of the sort of me too, me too movement and the Time's Up movement of like, this has just been a, a bone deep historical thing where you know the rights of the agency the rights of women and the agency over their own bodies has just been trampled on and exploited for so long and then you get this big uh, pendulum swing the other way and now it's sort of like sort of justice is being doled out in a way that's that's completely um you know unprecedented and um you know sort of chickens coming home to roost but so you 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 suppress something for so long and then you and then you're uh, sort of surprised when it comes back on you. And ultimately people don't care about like categorization. It's all wrong. You know, you should get, you should lose everything for, for, for no matter what, no matter what the, uh, the way the offense is categorized, whether it be rape or untouched, uh, you know, unwanted touch or, you know, uh, sort of romantic abuse out, outside of the context of the workplace or in the workplace type stuff. So all of these things are sort of different contextually. But then you get like the the the, the steaming um, uh, a train come in and just like completely flattening and collapsing all of the categories and saying, nah, fuck that. You know, this person's getting what they deserve kind of thing. I understand that. I think once the pendulum starts swinging back the other way and then we're, and then we're, and then we're more careful about how we categorize things and then we, and then we think more proportionally to like, depending on what the category is, you know, I, I'm hoping that this, that sort of creates a more equitable um, a solution. But so, you know, just to finish up the, so with Tara Reid, like that's different than the, you know, we see Biden in pictures touching shoulders and giving unwanted kissing cheeks and stuff. You know, what Tara Reid, her thing, what she said, uh, what she documented is, is quite different and, and way, way more horrific, right? right? So, you know, more uh, aggravated, assault, ag aggravated, I don't know what the correct terms are, assault, sexual right. assault. So, but it's interesting. I haven't done a lot of I haven't done a ton of research. There's just so many editorials about, you know, what the history of Terry Reid and da 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 But this is an, it's interesting. Uh, I follow this woman. Her name's Kate Mann. Uh, she's a, a doctor uh, uh, in, I think, sociologist. But she wrote, she wrote this really dope book called, um, um, uh, it's called Down Girl, The Logic of Misogyny. And she, she at, when the, f the thing first broke out, you know, I learned a lot about misogyny and the history of that and and it's in the difference between misogyny and sexism and patriarchy and all of that good stuff from her in her book and in her in a tweet a couple of weeks days ago she was like okay i'm coming out to say that i'm changing my stance on tara reed i don't i no longer find her her you know Incredible. accusation 
as credible as I did before. And you know, right. and she's like, and she's like, I'm reversing, you know, a little bit. And I was like, that made me think, okay, okay. Well, that gives that gives. Well, uh, well it, it, it it gets more complicated than that, also, right? Because again, on the flip side of everything you've just said, by the way, for those of you listening, it's not lost up on us that there are three dudes on this podcast debating um, and talking Word. about sexual assault, which we don't know shit about. Um, so that's obviously we want to say that. And, and this is a conversation we need to have with uh, women as our um, partners and guests on this podcast. So I just, just want you to know that it's not lost on us. Um, but Ed, on the flip side of some of the things you're saying now is it is also historically known that white women have lied on men, especially young black men, and get them killed, right? I mean, the Emmett Till thing, both what happened to Emmett Till and his father, and which That's happened to countless... Though. Well, it is different, but what I'm saying is that I don't think these two are history. related to that. No, not this, not Biden and and Tara Reed, and Tara Reed per se. Right. But I'm saying, can you have that conversation without having the larger conversation about who's to believe, who has the power, who's most vulnerable? Can Can we? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. I think you talk about you uh, just sort of uh, far-reaching systems of oppression. Racism is one thing misogyny and sexism is, is, a, is a different thing that operates on its own. Uh, obviously, those, those things intersect and, and compound on Black women. But, you know, those are two different things that, um, you know, you get rid of one, you don't necessarily get rid of the other. Right. So I think the Emmett Till stuff is, is, is in the racism category. Um, and uh, this can just be in the misog- misogyny category. Misogyny slash power. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, but you're right. The core thing running through all of those is power dynamics. That's what it is. Yep. yep. Right, right. That's exactly. the reason those things, you know, so, you know, that right. I think, I think that they're separate, but I, yep. you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have much to add. I mean, I think you guys kind of said kind of how I feel, which is I don't fully know there is a reason for due process. I also understand that Biden is in the power and Tara is not. She's yep. the one who's had to come out. And we do know that when, you know, Dr. Ford and so many other women who had to come out and then unfortunately, whether, whether that happened or not, you know, things don't necessarily go their way and their lives can be really ruined. So yep. they're the ones who are super exposed within this and, you know, it, 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 with all the things happening in, in, in the country, quite frankly, it's kind of been swept under the rug. So, look, if if there was, I, I would say what, where it gets complicated is, it seems, as I said, it feels and seems like something not good happened. Yeah. But unless there's o- something overwhelming that comes forward, it's kind of hard to ask Biden to actually step down. If he, if he is yeah. saying he didn't do it, that's the point of due process, right? That's the point of actually having, you know, um, and, and not to say yeah, that our, our laws always work. They clearly don't. Right. I think we all know that. Right. But um, if, I don't even, know what a better solution is. Yeah. Well, it's even more messy than that because, Jesus Christ, on the flip side of that, look who's the guy he's going to run against, right? Like King, to me, I would say King's sexual abuser, right? Um, so it, it even gets more complicated. But, you know, we could have had Bernie, but that's a different story because Farb and Eddie didn't want Bernie. But we won't even go there because I don't feel like that today. Um, but I'll do say this to close it out, fellas. One thing well, I would say, though, is there. I want liberals to keep the same energy because the truth is if it was Trump, they would jump all over him, which is rightfully so they should. But then when it comes to their guy, all of a sudden it's like, 
wait, let's wait, let's do this, let's do that. All I'm saying is, yeah, let's do that across the board for everyone. You know, like, let's just do it across the board for everyone. Like, we know who Trump is, but let's do it across the board for everyone. At least you can have some legitimacy when it comes to certain conversations. So one of my struggles is all of a sudden these women we know who would be jumping at Trump, you know, Kamala and uh, Gillibrand and beyond, right? All of a sudden now it's like, mm, hold up, wait a minute. All I'm saying is we got to keep the same energy as the kids yeah. were saying in the hood. I mean, look, the pe- people in the political game are playing the game, right? Yep, that's true. Yeah. Kamala and all of them, they're... And, <laughs> they're looking and, for their look, spots. <laughs> they're, they're A, looking for their spot, but B, look, people believe strongly in what they believe, right? And I, I truly believe that many of them, whether you agree or disagree, have convinced themselves that this is a game of chess yep. and, and there's more chips to be won by being silent on this issue, but trying to win than the other way around. Yep. Some people don't believe that at all, but you're yep. going to be in one camp or the other. And I don't I necessarily think that like, there's not like something of just saying like, oh, I, I just, I need to just keep this just to get my power. People have been in it long enough. They're like, well, I'm doing this because judges matter. I'm yep, doing yep. this because well, X, Y, and Z matters. And, and, and if I, if I feel that way, then this really shitty situation that's a negative, I'm just going to have to keep that. It. And that's we'll the game. this though. Right. Well, Beat you know, stuff. that's a perfect segue for where we're going too far well, because of Biden just telling people they ain't black. <laughs> no, seriously. Go ahead, Ed. Literally, because people are saying now, look, <laughs> all right, that was bad. That was racist. He said this. He said that. He called Obama clean. He called him articulate. He worked with segregationists. He called right, poor right. kids as he, all of that. And then yeah. they would say to you, but look, look at what at, what's at risk, right? <laughs> the Supreme Court, this, right. this, and that. And my That's thing is, yes, all of those things could be true. We literally live in right. the world. And to me, the most important thing in the world is duality. Like, Jim could be nice to far, but Jim is an asshole to Ed. And those two things can exist. And we can mm-hmm. have the conversation yeah. about both of them. And, and I yeah, always like, hate when people try to use them to shut people down from having those legit conversations. That's my, that's, you know, I'll stop here. Go ahead, Ed. Well, listen, the Clarence Thomas... Um, you know, when he was, when he was in front of the Senate, the, when Anita Hill came out, there were, you know, that thing was so complicated. There were black women protesting Anita Hill saying, what are you doing? You're just trying to keep a, you know, we're going to have a first Supreme Court, uh, 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 black person By the way, in the Supreme little Court. Do they know, little do they know, <laughs> Joe Biden would have said, Clarence Thomas ain't black. <laughs> I mean, I mean. All right, we're gonna get back to that. All right, we're gonna get, but but like you gotta think, like think about all the different dynamics here, right? You're like, okay, Clarence Thomas, he's always been um, a conservative and part of the Black Nationalist um, school of thought, which we you know we, sure. we, which we can look back at. But he's always been a conservative. He's always been, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that that way. Um, but here's his chance to be the get the first Black. Not the first. I'm sorry. Thurgood Marshall was the first yep, idiot. Thurgood, I'm yeah. such an idiot. All right. Not the next. Thir- the next one after he was gone. Right. Okay. So thir- uh, Clarence <laughs> Thomas. Um, and don't conflate uh, the two, man. Those no, are they're words. quite different. <laughs> quite different. They're quite different. That's also that's a good. You can show the two ends of the spectrum with the two of them. I know, but right? Supreme Court folks, right? So they're like, oh, every, you know, yeah, it doesn't, you know. But and then the Anita Hill comes out, and you know, Joe Biden is obviously like 
disrespecting her in, in the in the Senate hearing and down there. So he's part of that as well. But just the, the huge swell, swells of, of black women coming up for Clarence Thomas and saying, hey, you know, you're trying to keep a black man down. You, you know, you're hurting our progress against Anita Hill. You would think, I'm sure there were, they're not all black, you know, there's obviously a spectrum of them. There's some, a lot were on her side. But to think right. that there were any, I think makes a lot of people surprised, right? So right. you, you, you right. got to think about the different dynamics here and how, you know, misogyny interacts with racism and it gets really complicated. So then, yeah. so that, I mean, I would liken that to like, you know, oh, people fighting for Biden and saying, listen, it's worth it because, because of the judges, it's worth it because, yeah. you know, we got it, we got to take back, you know, the same, like all of these things, right? It's well, really they, I mean, and they're all connected, right? Because a part of what you're saying also is sometimes a part of being oppressive is having to make decisions at time, which I call I didn't coin it, Thomas Hobbs coined it, Hobson's choice, where you are making a decision knowing damn well um, you are losing some on one end to gain a little bit on the other. And in some ways, that's been the life of black people in America. Isn't that true when it comes to politics, at least? It's always choosing between the less of two evil. Yeah, well, black people have always been the bargaining chip. Um, Right. You know, so it, it, you know, is... That's a good question. Are you always choosing the lesser of two evils? Um, probably, historically, you know, this, I, I don't think there's ever been, I think that there's, there have been concessions to every big, every, every uh, moment that we would uh, characterize as progress, um, you know, from different powerless groups, you know, like. Is, is that because the moderates control the, the, it's like, so, you know, blacks are, in some ways, they are a constituent that they can't go anywhere. You sort of like this, this an abusive relationship with the DNC, but the other guy, it's worse. So you kind of like, don't know what to do. And see, and you don't, that's you, the you really point, have, yeah. and you really you have your in, power only, only at the, um, uh, yeah. during um, the primaries. Is that a part of that struggle? That's one of the things I wanted to hammer home that you, you, you brought up, like, this whole, there's so much like hand wringing about like, yo, black people on the democratic plantation, like you do anything, mm-hmm. the Democrat, you'll do anything for them. You don't care, you know, right. the, the, the Blexit with Candace Owens and all this. This is like the right. oldest sort of, uh, you know, uh, conversation, sort of a super old tradition of like, you do anything, the Democrat, you'll do anything. You're manipulable, like, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, and I guys sent you a, sort of a page of this. Shout out to sort of Ezra Klein's uh, book called Why We're Polarized. And he, and I've been thinking about this a lot, but he put it a good way. And he, he, he got data to back it up. But it's that, it's not that black people are, you know, so in love with the Democratic Party and they're voting for Democrats as much as they're voting against the Republicans. And that right, has become right. more, more, it's negative partisanship negative yep, partisanship yep. right right it's not voting for democrats as much as it is voting against yes. republicans right, black people right, just right. can't there's nothing there for us there's a, there's a yep. sprinkle of black men who can you know benefit from you know republican misog- misogyny but just yep. by and large there is nothing in the republican platform for us zero True. so right. then you so then you get it then you get this virtual monopoly of a voting block which just doesn't yep. exist for any other ethnic group yeah like 100%. it's insane to it's really to, just us to, to have a virtual monopoly over over groups the way that you know black people don't vote republican so then yep. you get so then you got to duke it out in the primary of democrats then you get yep. more of like okay let's see 
you know, what is the nuance of, of this, this, this ethnic voting block and, and where do they fall? So then you, so then the, then the democratic primary becomes really, really interesting. Um, right. And rather, so it's where you get the like most the bang for your bucks. Then. Starter. Yeah. Right. So, so, so in that, in that regard, should we, is that where we try to put the list of what we want from a candidate? Is it at the primary level? Because once that's gone, we become irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, yes. But here's the thing, here's the, here comes the problems with, with, with that. Now, if you look at every eth- ethnic category and you say, all right, whether it be, you know, Asian, Latina, white, whatever, or even if you want to break, you know, break it down into the, into the white ethnics. Um, so, and you're like, okay, whatever group, you're going to have a spectrum of people between cons- conservative, moderate, and super progressive liberal. You're gonna have that spectrum in every group. Now you have that entire spectrum sitting in the Democratic Party when it comes to black people. Right, so now that's true. You're, that's true, because you know I mean? black people so are like, also conservative. Like, I yes. people as conservative as older black folks, man, but the only thing is they don't want racism in their conservatism. That's what I'm saying, right? So it gets tricky. is not just Republican. Conservative, yep. conservative is not just partisanship. Conservative is more of like, it's traditionalist in all types right. of contexts, whether that be yeah. with religion, you know, social, you know, in terms of policies. So like, so you get all of the black conservatives and moderates, which are which are uh, disproportionately older generation. Because then you get a generational breakdown yeah. Uh, yeah. inside inside the Democratic Party as well. So when you talk about like the moderates and and the conservatives of the democratic party who who were black folks who were here who were part of who were alive during civil rights in, in the 60s you know who were alive when malcolm and martin got killed when mega evers got killed during the cold war when jfk got killed they saw in their lifetime the gains of of the civil rights movement aka the second reconstruction um, yep. that the Democratic Party was able to achieve. Now we talk. We can talk about the, the, the means right. at which the Democratic Party achieved that on another right, of topic, course. but they were there by the for way, that, right? By the way, black, black, conservative black folks, Ed, would, would then, let me play devil's advocate here. They would say to you that actually the Republican Party was the party of freedom for black folks. The Republican right, well, Party a, did, you know, right. did all of these, which obviously my grandmother we know would things say. flipped. Right. Exactly, so, which my grandmother well, would say. They're the what party is the argument against that? Yeah. Well, so, okay. So that's a so that's a that's sort of a, a different thing. When you talk about just like the two party system and, and where the uh, 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 conservative versus the progressive uh, gravity in the country, you know, which party does that fall on? So there was obviously a, a, a swing from um, from that being the base in the Democratic, the Dixiecrats, to the Republican Party, you know, through. Um, you know, it's starting in, in the 60s with Barry Goldwater and, and, and George Wallace and, and yep. those folks. Barry Goldwater. Stuff, that's, right? that's, Hillary's, that's Hillary's folks, Barry Goldwater. Right. So, yeah. so you got Elizabeth so you got Warren, the swing, too. Right? Goldwater but, girls. But when we talk about it uh, in the modern context, you those conservative moderate black people are going to be more uh, uh, associative with the Democratic uh, establishment. They're going to just be more risk averse. You right. understand like what they gain in their lifetime and, and they remember the times that we didn't have that. So when you talk about right. coming remember the time somebody, we couldn't vote, which is just the other yeah. day. So when you talk about somebody coming in and blowing the party up, 
which 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 I'm down to do, which you're down to do, which Farber's down yep. to do, which like Bernie's down to do. That's his platform right. as an independent coming in. They're not. They're like, listen, y'all are gonna fuck it up for all of us because mm, we worked so hard to get this thing. We're going with Biden, and we understood why Obama picked Biden as his VP in the first place. Right. Biden right. They're is pragmatic this, people. They're pragmatic. Pragmatic. People. They're more. Pragmatic is it also sentimental though? Is it also sentimental because they're like, we know America so well, and you young people, you don't know Jack. You don't know who you're dealing with. Yeah, we're gonna sure. go with the guy we know that middle America is gonna go with also. Yes. And they're willing, whereas the younger ones, we like, no, forget it. Let's throw it all out and fight for more. Yeah, exactly. That is the generational divide. That's totally yep. it. And that's that doesn't just exist now. That's always yeah. existed. That's existed well, I, from the, the generational divide between people that were born enslaved and their kids who were born in freedom. I'm you know, curious. that's a generational since, divide. Yeah. Since we don't wanna since, you know, we 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 don't want to segregate um, far. We want the white opinion on this. Um, <laughs> I know how to work with segregation. So, far, um, what do you? What, what's that flip side on the on the white voting block? I mean, as far as you know, what do you mean the flip side? Like, what is traditionally? Is there a gap between you think young white voters? Then older white voters, uh, Southern versus uh, uh, Northeast, um, you know, since they have the numbers in some ways, like when we think of the average Trump supporter, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, he has that base yeah. locked in, but then there are all folks in the middle. Um, but yeah, how do you, one, one last do thing you, I want to have any in. idea on how that plays out? One last thing before, sorry to cut you off, Farb. I just wanted to say, um, uh, older gen generation people, no matter what category, just voters come out at three times the rate of younger generation. I think like that 18 to 29 or something, something like that, right? So then you're, you're getting this this 3x gap between uh, voter turnout, but also, but also registration, right? So that's across everything. And then even with the historical uh, general elections where there's been a third party candidate, uh, third party candidate one wins the youth vote every time historically in the general election for third party. So you're seeing young people, they just have more of an appetite to blow up the system and, and, you know, they're Bernie and, you know, and, and all that stuff. Right. So this is this divide, not just with black Democrats, but across the board. Sorry, go ahead for him. Man, I don't know. You guys have talked about a lot of different things. I don't even know where we're going. I don't know. Right. Point with this, but um, I mean, as far as like the white voter, I don't know what to tell you, man. I think a different thing like <laughs> every other day. You know, I the more I read, the more that I feel like it's all kind of the same in different years and tones and like things are, are coded in different ways. But, you know, uh, the, the the South was, you know, it's, it's like the same and the same. Like in eight, the 1800s, in the 1700s, the South, you know, was like the ones fully out there saying we needed slavery for like preservation. And the Northerners didn't want slavery, but they also wanted to boot like black people to Liberia, right? Ah, <laughs> so they still hey. thought that they were like, yeah. they were like subhuman beings and they were like on the, they were like closer to like monkeys, right? And then they had all these Lincoln. like published shit like, Lincoln yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln wasn't for having black people in the U.S. No, he, he, he wanted, wanted to ship them off. Oh, no, no, hell no. Africa. So that's why I never get my point in saying my point in saying all this real quick. <laughs> when the people are trying to give Lincoln credit, I'm no, like, no. Let me let me let me have a second. You just talk for ten minutes. So, 
<laughs> My point Fuck in like saying it. this is it's all the same shit, right? It's like, it, it's not like as intense, but like there's a lot of white people who are liberal, who have a blind eye. Like it won't be surprising if this woman in Central Park was like a, a lifelong Democrat, right? <laughs> she probably is a, she probably is like a Democrat, right? She probably, she, who knows who she gave money to, but that will actually be interesting because you know that's going to come out. Um, but this is like, this is a big thing. We all have a blind side to what we think is the right. So back then the Dem or the, the Northerners thought that they were like the ones in, that were like in the right, but their shit was still quite, and you know, quite racist. It was just, it was just not done in an overt way. So whether you're young or old, I think that there's still a, just a huge blind side to the way you look at things. Uh, as a white voter. And I think that's where things get really complicated. And I struggle a lot in a lot of the conversations I have with white friends, because I'm so JV still to understanding, you know, op oppression and race and these things. And I'm, and I'm doing a lot of homework. I'm doing years right. and years of work. And I, and I still feel really, you know, novice to it. But then I hear things that come out but of their you, mouth. But and you, these still are people who are, who are liberal. you still know a lot more than them, right, Fab? Is that frustrating yeah. sometimes in conversation? Because you it's know It's super frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's super frustrating. I, you know, it's this, this whole conversation around like privilege and you, you guys know I'm, I'm jumping on the thing with our boy Ethan tonight about privilege. And I just been hey. like racking my brain and we talked about this on, on, our, on a pod before, but I feel like I'm putting in a lot of work and like really trying to think about it and like, I very rarely find people that I think are really doing like their way they're doing work. I, I know people that are doing some reading. I know some people who might be vocal on Twitter, Facebook on how they feel, but like, is that really doing anything? And I don't think a lot of people really want to like truly tackle it. And it's a thing I'm, I've been really trying to think through, like, what do we do to actually, like, what do I do with, this privilege that actually can make a difference. And I have some ideas and I've been trying to like really think there are things I don't want to be like negative on it. But when you, when you start talking about like the old blocks and the young blocks, you know what the thing is at the end of the day, we still live in a capitalist society where money is everything and status is everything. And whether you're young, middle age or old, that is still what you're being preached towards. Um, and that is like kind of where your mindset goes. So number one is like, get your money and get yours and get to be the person you want to be. And then everyone else's interests, whether it's black, LGBTQ, indigenous women, disabled, so on and so forth. Secondary. Uh, that comes way down the way. And guess what? Like you can be a really like woke or awake or whatever the fuck you want to call it person. Nah. You only have time. How much time do you have to learn all these different things? It's like an impossibility that yeah. you can and there's be a like, lot of up to it on to all do. these different for sure. So it's like, what, how do you really think through that? So I don't know, man, I, I think there's, there's only so much I think that can be expected of, of, of kind of like Women's, the white yeah. voting block, unfortunately, so, which I think is what you were getting at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Fab. And well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you guys this then. I, I've had this conversation with my friend Brandy this morning, literally the same conversation um we're talking about what is it that like what do you do right because it's going to take a sacrifice right um unfortunately you're going to have to give up something and, and and sometimes 
obviously the thing is not as much as I have to give up. What I have to give up, and, and literally it might be life, whereas perhaps you may have to give up the fact that your kid is going to go to school with different people now, right? And the classroom. Don't you think different. education's like the biggest one? We were talking oh about my education God. before. It's, it's perfect, um, far because education is, it speaks to, again, to the people who would vote for Obama three times, right? If the Constitution allows them to, they're liberal, they give to liberal causes, and they do all the things you'd want someone to do in some ways, as much as they can. But yet, when it comes to education for the kids, it stops right there in terms of how far they're willing to go. So it's a perfect example of what we're talking about. What well, do we Ed, do? do you want to jump? Yeah, yeah, so I want to just jump on that, but I want to ask Ed the question to like add to it. Because we were talking before, I was, I was sharing with you guys a little bit about conversations some buddies were having, which I thought was was enlightening in a certain way. And then Ed was saying, well, people frame education as if in this way, but I don't believe that's the way education should be framed. And I think that's actually part of the problem, right? We think that you have to have this select type of education to win. And because if you don't get it and you don't win, it's super cutthroat. Everyone's backstabbing and everything's out the door when it comes to it. And maybe, you know, we were talking about this with Eric, you know, there's just, and thank God they got rid of some of the standardized tests, even since last week's conversation I saw, I think it was California, might have got it ACTs, but there has to be some reframing of how we look at education, maybe but, before we can even get to that. So I don't know, Ed, you had some Ed, feelings on that? Ed, before you pick that up, I'll just make one quick comment, y'all. Isn't education in some ways was designed to do just that, is to keep most people out? I mean, when it was first started out, it was mostly for people who own other humans who were also rich, mostly white males. I mean, the 1619 Project touched on a lot of these things in terms of education, what it was designed for, like the Harvards of the world, the Princetons, the, you know, all of these universities that were founded by quote-unquote pioneers and founders of America. Uh, they weren't founded to educate women, definitely not black people or anyone else. So that is coded in how education was designed, isn't it? And it's still playing out. Yeah, I, um, that's a good point. Like the origin of education. I, I'm not, I'm sure Eric could probably talk to this better than I, than I, but I, I just, I do know this little tidbit of like, when you talk about America in colonial America before the revolution, the reason people were taught to read was so that they could read the Bible. It was a means to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to sort of, uh, uh, better engage with with religion and not much else. Um, and I, you know, think it was sort of part of like, what is that period? The Great Enlightenment or the Great Awakening or something. You know, this is during the time of of enslavement. Um, but you know, you, you can talk about just uh, literacy and the reasons it it, it became important to uh, uh, to learn to read. Um, before that, it it had no utility really. Um, but so that opened up the doors, right? But you're right. Yeah, it is. It is the withholding of education, literacy, um, you know, all of those things uh, that makes you more able as a society to keep your enslaved class vulnerable um, and easier to control them. Right. So you get so you get that. And then you get, um, you know, folks that broke the rules and learned, you know, to, you know, uh, you know, Nat Turner and, and like and, and you see what happens, um, you know, Frederick Douglass. So and then at, after. Um, uh, emancipation, you know, you brought this up, Jim, at the last one, that um, through Reconstruction, it was Black people, um, once they get started, started getting elected to state legislators that erected the first public school institution, um, 
sort of the first in a scalable way as a as an actual public good it and didn't exist before um and how and that shows you how important education was to to, to black people um after emancipation and how they thought about it as a tool to uh, uh be used for for social mobility and 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 um rising above uh, your station in life um but i think to to, to farb's point um you know i think a lot of our conversations around how education is the tool to to freedom or yeah you know, I, I want you to frame it like that i think i think <clears throat> i think people de facto think about high school and college education as um the the primary determinant to uh how you achieve your station in life or social mobility financial mobility um you know it is through education that is, that is the primary way you do that um, when that is the premise for which everybody wants to talk about education and have these is arguments really, about free college and all of that stuff. Is it really through education or through networking and connections? And and, yeah. and, 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 and campuses is one of the places you go to make those yeah. kind of... Yeah, I, um, think it's, I think it's part of that social capital as well. Um, but I think a lot of people talking about and accept that premise and, and, and as being like, oh, this is the baseline of what we're going to talk about in terms of education and arguing about all that. Um, I reject that premise because, um, you know, and I, and I mentioned this in, uh, you know, our very first podcast, shout it out, because we had, we would, on the way over, we, we were talking about like an education article and stuff, but it is, it is, uh, um, the, 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 the greatest determinant of your station of life is um, uh, the wealth that you're born into. Um, and that is, and, and that, you know, is tied to uh, housing and neighborhoods and segregation so much so that I think a, sort of a good statistic that I always fall on to that illustrates this is that, um, you know, it is the case in America that uh, a, a black household that where the head of the household graduated college uh, has less wealth than a white household where the head of household dropped out of high school. Um, you know, so if you talk about, so you say, okay, there seems to be a discrepancy there. Doesn't education equal wealth? Well, it doesn't seem to be, that doesn't seem to be the case um, through, um, you know, this new sort of school of economics called stratification economics. Um, you know, Sandy Darity and Derek um, uh, uh, Hamilton, uh, I believe that's his name, and, and, and ways that people, you know, achieve social mobility. And I think people always point to the greatest generation, you know, post-World War II boom as like, you know, the people that were able to, um, achieve social mobility in a way that was unprecedented. And people did that through, and, they, and I think a lot of people point to the GI Bill and how people got college uh, um, uh, scholarships um, and, and in an unprecedented way. But it wasn't, it wasn't those scholars, it, it wasn't the actual college degrees, it was the housing wealth that came out of the GI Bill and the New Deal that, that springboarded these, um, the middle class as we, as we understand it, not education. Education is important. It's not to say that education Education is not important. Education is, is, is really important in terms of civic participation. I think, you know, the reason young folks don't vote is they don't understand, you know, why it's important. And I think that's probably more of a school system problem across the board. Um, we get sort of low registration and turnout uh, for, for younger voters. But education as being the primary way that you achieve upward mobility in this country is wrong. Um, you know, so that's my argument against it. Yo, fellas, um, we're running out of time, but um, we kind of meandered away from it. But l let's put a cap in uh, what we think the, the BPP picks are going to be. Yeah. Uh, for yeah, so, so um, 
great way to end it out short and sweet. Um, interestingly enough, fellas, I think the comment he made a few days ago about how black I get to be actually <laughs> a really interesting way put him in the bind. I really do believe this. I've always thought that he needed um, Stacey to win because he needs black women to really show up for him. I mean, he's going to win black votes anyway, but he needs the black vote to show up sort of like they did for Obama in order for him to win. He's also going to need the middle, right? And so it's going to be an interesting thing. But once he made, but once he made those comments a few days ago, I kind of feel like he actually now, after that comment, has to pick her. Um, which is, to me, a good thing. But obviously, you know, he may not have to and still win or maybe lose. Who knows? But what do you guys think? What do you think, Farag? I, you know, I mean, I feel like it's like the obvious thing just because the numbers are going this way. I thought he was going to go Kamala for a while. Um, but... I, I just, I don't, I don't see Klobuchar. I think that the fact that they leaked her early was just a way to test it, but they're just like too similar. It doesn't make sense to me. Gretchen Whitmar actually makes a little bit more sense to me because Michigan's such an important state. Oh, I like um, that, by the way. And then, uh, and I, I don't know enough about her. I don't know enough about Val Je Jennings, uh, but obviously Florida is interesting. I just don't think she's, I think name matters, though. I don't know if she's just, like, a big enough name. Stacey? Um, and no, 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 Val Jennings. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Stacey's a big enough name. It just would be pretty unprecedented because she's never held, like, big, like, elected office. Granted, she was basically, right. like, cheated out of winning the governorship. But yeah, she my. still has never had – I mean, it would be – it would be a very, I mean, look, it'd be unprecedented. I'd be it's, for it, but, um, and then well, Warren, and I just, in some ways, Bob, because there's not much sort of like, um, that much dirt you can dig up on her, but yet she's still in some ways very prominent. Yeah, I, I definitely agree in and the fact that Georgia, some people might disagree. I, I don't think it's winnable in, in a, in a general, but she, oh, yeah. it, 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 it's becoming the, close. Yeah. The numbers uh, are saying it's almost becoming purple now, Bob. I mean, I don't know how yeah, much yeah, that yeah. means. But. Yeah, yeah, it's almost becoming purple. It's not, it's not, it's not blue, but um, I think that's interesting. I, I just, to me, Kamala is like, it gets him the woman of color thing, even though, you know, we already know where that, that stands. But it's like, yeah, it, it, it throws like chum in the water, right? Like Klobuchar doesn't do a lot. He clearly doesn't like Warren. He's just, he wants someone who he says simpatico that's not Warren. So... No. And, and, and like everything I'm hearing, he's not going to pick Stacey. Like, so it just, it would be shocking to me he doesn't pick Kamala. Yo, 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 here's what he's going to do to mess with us. He's going to pick Michelle. And everybody's going to be fucked up. <laughs> he's not picking <laughs> Michelle. That was, watch. My fucking brain would explode if that happened. I know. But, watch, watch, watch. Well, yo, he can't, he's got to pick. Yo, listen, Jim, I know you hate Warren, but. I don't hate Warren. Warren. I don't hate Warren. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, well, you. Well, okay, you. Who, who who are we saying we think she's gonna pick, and who do we who would we like to pick? So, Jim, like you want Stacy? You wanted want to pick him to pick Stacy, but who do you think he uh, he's gonna pick? I think he's going to pick. Um, I'm I'm uh, blanking on her name. The governor from Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, I think he's gonna pick her, but I want him to pick Stacy. 
Yep. No. Yep. And who do you think? I, I think he should pick Warren because I think that like the the idea that you know, I'm not saying you guys are saying this, but like the idea that that like Stacy is just going to galvanize the black women vote is is nonsense because like people people pick people because of their not because of they literally identify with that literal person but they identify with the platform like that's been the case with bernie galvanizing the young vote young people don't see themselves in bernie they like his platform like you know in in, in iffy from episode 11 she talked about she was sort of the, the top of the person of that big hundred black women that that were sort of voting for for warren in the primary you know what i mean like hillary clinton did not win white women in 2016 general she lost white white women why wouldn't white women vote for the white woman like it doesn't work like right. that necessarily right, you know what right, I mean? right. so like so i'm hoping i so warren's platform who you know warren's my number one bernie's my you know my, was my number two but if you're talking about a vp context i want him to pick warren because i think she galvanizes bernie's you know constituency the best out of anybody else except for bernie that's actually a, besides Bernie. You know what I mean? That's actually a, that's actually a really really valid point. Um, Ed, and you're right. And and I've thought about Stacy really for for I, I like her commitment she's made to. Well, I like Stacy too. That's not against Stacy. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you're right. But you're right. I mean, if I'm looking at policies like Bernie policies, which I care about, Warren would be the closest to that. Which is also why I was so pissed at her. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then just my last, like the, the, the larger, you know, nugget of hope that I would hope to impart is that yes, Biden has just like a history of just like authoring just horrible uh, um, policy that's been, that's hurt black people over like, yes. And yes, he's in, he's, he has these, these fucking gaffes where he's just an idiot. He doesn't know how to, like, he just doesn't, like, I totally get all of that. But yeah. the, the I, reason I, that I think, I think the reason I think Biden, yeah, Biden presidency could be better than what we, we understand Biden to be um, through his track record, because, because ultimately, like the voters, the, the, the constituency push the, the, the elected official to do what they want. Like, that's actually what they do. You know, so the politicians, they go hunting where the ducks are. Right. So we don't have to talk about just the Democrat. Like Biden is just he's just more progressive than he was when in 75, where he's against reparations. And, you know, when he, you know, uh, uh, sandbagged Danita Hill and then and the, and the crime bill and all those things, you know, Charlemagne nailed them on. Like, absolutely. But he, a Biden president, I don't think reflects those things because he changes as because the Democratic Party has changed thanks to Bernie. Thanks to Warren, you know all of those things. So I think a I think a Biden presidency is more progressive, just the way that it did on the Republican side. The Republican establishment hated Trump in 2016. Yep. In the primary, they were they did everything that they could, even Fox News initially, to sink Trump. But the voters were like, Nah, we this is what him? we want. And he yep. won the primary and then won the presidency because of because it was a ground up swell from the from the voting population they do that and you he, know, he the, done the, a lot of the stuff that they wanted the things that they yeah, were yelling about oh. the most at, at campaigns he's actually yeah. done so yeah yeah he's kept his words the voters but he kept his word because that's how you keep power yeah because right? you got to get reelected. exactly of course. You voters get have power so, voters have yeah. power that's why the that's why the, the the ability to vote is so important yeah which is why voter suppression is so important all right, exactly. fellas, this was a great one, but I can't let you finish on that note trying to give Biden all that credit, man. 
Look, if, I, if, if you're listening to this podcast, Simone Sanders, uh, whoever you are, I'm sure you're listening. The best advice you can give Joe Biden is to shut the fuck up until November, and then maybe he'll win, all right? Peace, y'all. All right, that was good. Until next week. Peace. Peace.